Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, praise team. Did an awesome job. Don't you love that? Amen. Uh, I want to finish up this, this series we've been going through in Mark chapter 4 about the condition of the heart. And we have gone through a variety of different things. And I want to talk to you today about the good heart, the good part. I know when I was a, uh, a kid, one of the things that I loved to do during the summer was to go visit my grandparents because my grandfather could grow anything. And I, I'm just here, sitting here thinking about it, and I can't... Uh, actually, my mouth is starting to water, but I remember getting the fresh corn out of the garden and those really big beefsteak tomatoes right off the vine. Can I get an amen? Yeah, and, and fresh. Now, this if you're not a southerner, I'm sorry. I'm not really a southerner, but I did adopt this one. Fresh cut okra. Yes, you're feeling the spirit now, aren't you? Um, you know, it's amazing. You, you take those tomatoes and you cut them up. And what I really like with tomatoes is a slice of onion and some pinto beans, cornbread. Whew, you're dismissed. <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's amazing, though. Um, you know, my, my grandfather could, could grow anything. And I know when I was... Nancy's family was really that way in, in, in Arkansas. They, would, they had this, you know, they had a garden that was like, I don't know, an acre, and they had everything known to man in that garden. It was incredible. You know, in a, I have never heard anybody ever say they prefer a Publix tomato. I'm not, I, I love Publix, don't get me wrong. God bless them, thank them for being there. But that tomato that was pulled green off the vine, shipped from Mexico, just doesn't have the same flavor as that one that was pulled off of the vine today. It's, it's amazing. And, and, and you can get a variety of different types of vegetables and fruits and everything else, but there's something about that grown in good soil. And, and when my grandfather or Nancy's family or anybody else that I've been associated with that could grow in an amazing garden, it didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of work that went into tilling the soil, removing the weeds, taking out any stumps that were in the area, taking out all of the stones that were in that ground, and they were continually developing that soil so it would be able to produce this amazing crop that anybody could enjoy. That good ground requires dedication and work. I've told you before, my, my grandfather uh, plowed his garden with a mule until he was 70, and then he got him a tiller. Uh, but he had to prepare that ground and develop that ground and, and work it to be able to produce the type of quality 
crop that he wanted. Genesis 3.17 tells us that the ground was cursed when Adam and Eve sinned, that the ground was cursed with thorns and thistles. Before, before that, they could just have this amazing fruit everywhere. But because of the fall of humanity, God cursed the ground and makes us work hard to get those good crops. So when you, when you see Adam, remind him. One of these days we'll see him, and at that point we don't care. We won't care. But you know, the, the spiritual man is the same way. The spiritual heart is the same way. If you really want to produce something good in your life, you're not going to get it just by not changing. You're going to have to work for it. God has a way of helping us. We've talked about those things. We've talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the hardened soil. We've talked about the stones and the rocks that need to be removed. We've talked about all of the, uh, the weeds that need to be separated. But the whole idea of, of, of Christ speaking this parable to his disciples was that they would understand, that they could comprehend that, that, that they needed to work on their heart to produce what Christ wanted them to produce. In Mark chapter 4, this is what this, the scripture says. In Mark 4, 20, it says, Others, remember we talked about the, uh, the wayside, we talked about the stones, and we've talked about the thorns. And he said, Others. I love that word, others, don't you? Others. That means that there are those that don't have stony ground, those that don't have thorns, and those that don't have the wayside, that hard ground. There are others that have prepared their heart. It, you know what that tells me? That means that anybody, each and every one of us, if there's something that you want produced in your life through the Spirit of God, it can be produced if you work at it. Let me say that again. If you want to be a, a nice person, you can be a nice person. And it doesn't even have to be superficial. I was waiting on that one. It doesn't have to be superficial. It doesn't have to be just on the, on the outside. It can be on the inside, but it's not going to happen naturally you're going to have to have a supernatural move here in your heart of the spirit and the spirit is going to help you develop your heart and to remove things from your heart that will allow your heart to be able to receive the grafted word of, of God and produce amazing things others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Others that don't have a hardened heart, others that don't have a stony heart, others that don't have weeds in the cares of life, and you say, oh boy, they're just lucky. No, they're dedicated. They've worked at it. Good hearts are developed in each and every one of us. 
if we have producing some fruit, but some of our other crop isn't producing, it's not because that we have a, the bad seed, because the word of God always produces. It's not the seed, it's the soil. And the Holy Spirit is given to us to help us produce good heart. This is what, what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 4.3. He said, this is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Now, I, I like when I, when I read scripture and sometimes I just replace my name in there. So I say, this is what the Lord says to Jesse. This is what the Lord says to you. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Don't waste your good seed among thorns. What is he saying? He said what, what God is speaking to, to Israel and what God is speaking to us today is it doesn't matter how young we are or how old we are. We can produce those things in our lives that we want to see, but it's not going to happen without work. Just as if we wanted a garden or a beach. I had a beach once, but I didn't pay attention to it, and now it's a weed patch. And now I have to go back and redo it and get all of the weeds out again. It lets me know that the work of preparing the soil, the heart is never finished. You can have a good heart right now and you can allow things to creep into your life and it can take away the productivity you've had in the past. Keep a vigil watch on your heart. Good hearts don't come on their own. But the scripture here tells us, and, 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 and I, I'm going to let you out early today, and you can say, praise the Lord, amen. Now, we're going to beat everybody to the restaurants, hallelujah. Now, they may still be serving breakfast, I don't know. Um, but he gives us, if we want to produce, Jesus gives us three things right here in this verse. Number one, he says, the, those others that don't have those things in their lives, others that have taken care of the wayside, have taken care of the stones, have taken care of the weeds in their life. When they hear the word, number one, they hear it. Hearing is more than just auditory ability. Hearing is a choice. Hearing what the Lord is saying. It's not just being able to hear the sounds, but it's understanding what is being said. I mean, years ago, we were driving through uh, Chicago, and, and uh, for, you know, for the record, I had been driving for many, many, many hours. And I'm, we're driving through, and we see Wrigley Field. Lights. And I said, look at that, kids. There's Wrigley Field. 
In my mind, I was saying, look at there, there's Wrigley Field. But what they were hearing was, look, there's Candlestick Park. And I was saying Candlestick, but I was thinking I was saying Wrigley. And they said, I said, look, there's Wrigley Field. And they said, no, that's Wrigley Field. And I said, that's what I said, it's Wrigley Field. And they said, no, it's Wrigley Field. And finally, I understood I wasn't saying Wrigley Field. They heard and they understood and they corrected me the first time I've ever been wrong in my entire life. That day. When you hear the word, if you really want it to grow, you have to hear it, understand it, understand what is being said and the most important part is to believe it to be true. That it's absolutely true. That when you hear what the word says, that you not only understand what it is saying, but there's something in you that says that is truth and I am going to align with it. And here's why it's so important. If you really believe it's true, then you're going to look at your life and whatever that, that belief, that truth is going to replace, you have to look at it and say, this is either less true or it's a lie. Anytime you look at, hear the word of God and you believe it to be true, it's going to replace a lie that's in your life. When you're... When you're away from the Lord you don't know the Lord and you think that you're autonomous and you that you can that you're going to live forever and then and then one day you realize that you need a savior you hear about Christ and you realize that is truth it replaces the thought that you can make it on your own every time you believe the word of God to be true it's going to replace something in your life that is not true revelation 2 7 to the churches the, the lord is saying he said he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says if in other words we have ears but if you have a listening ear listen to what god is saying and that that depicts a desire for God to open our understanding. If you're really listening for the voice of God, you have a desire to hear from Him. Sometimes we want to hear the Lord, and I remember a, a message two or three years ago by, uh, by Pastor Chuck Hughes that was talking about we like to follow the Lord, but we like to follow him from a distance. We like to see him, but we don't want to hear him. Because we want to know where he's going, but we don't want him to speak to us. Because we want to keep things in our life. And, and, and what, what this passage is letting us know is that it's not just enough to hear it but we need to believe it we need to get close to him we need to have an ear that is so sensitive that we can hear the whisper of the voice of God the second thing that he talks about 
is to accept it, to accept the Word of God, to receive it as truth. Now, if you're going to acknowledge that something is true, the, the word accept simply means this, to take upon one's self. That you believe it so much that you're going to take it upon yourself, that you're going to act on it. See, real understanding, when you really accept something, if you really believe something, you're going to act on it. If you really believe that something is good, you're going to act on it. If you really believe that something is important, you're going to act on it. You can, you can say all day long, yes, I believe in this, and yes, I believe in that, and yes, I believe in Scripture. But until you decide to take it upon yourself, are you listening to me? Until you decide to take it upon yourself, You really don't believe it. Because true belief, true belief says, I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm going to act on that truth. And we act on that truth as King David that had committed adultery and committed murder and he had put it out of his mind until the prophet came to him. And when the prophet told him the story of of the man that had thousands of sheep and yet he took the one little lamb from this one man and David said that man ought to be killed and the prophet looked at him and said that's you David heard it David accepted it David took it upon himself and David repented see it's important to understand, not just to hear it, but to accept it, to take it upon ourselves. When you heard about the saving grace of, of God, that Christ died for you, that if you confessed you, your sins to him, that he would not only forgive you, but grant you eternal life. You acted upon that, and you, there was something in you that said, Lord, I need a Savior. I need a Redeemer. I need forgiveness. And it came not because you heard it, and not even because you just believed it, but you took it upon yourself and said, I need him. I remember the day that I, I walked down to that, that altar and gave my life to the Lord. And the reason why I did it, because I heard it, I believed it, and I believed it enough to say, I have to act on this. If you want to produce something good in your life, it's not just good enough to know about it, even to believe it, you have to act on it. There's a story in the scripture where a rich young ruler came to Christ and, and he said, Master, what should I do to, and to have eternal life? And he said, well, follow all the commandments and, and, and do everything the scripture says. And he says, I've done these things from my youth. And there's something really amazing about this that the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, well, there's one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. See, Jesus was letting him know, if you really want a close relationship with God, come follow me. 
And the, and the ruler went away sorrowful because the Bible says he had a lot of wealth. Now, I'm not here to say that wealth will, will keep you out of heaven. I don't think it will. Uh, the deceit of wealth can. But that rich young ruler was unwilling to act. I wonder what would have happened because the Bible says that Jesus loved me. I wonder what would have happened if, if he would have given everything to the poor and, and would have followed Christ. I wonder if he would have been associated with the apostles. I wonder if we would have heard stories about him written in Scripture. But we'll never know because he chose not to act. Can I encourage you today? If God is, act, is speaking to you about something to act on, just do it. Because the amazing thing is the relationship that you'll have with him when you set aside whatever you're trying to hold and follow him is so amazing. So you hear, you accept, and the third is you produce. Don't you love that? That you produce, you bear fruit. Here's what Galatians 5 tells us. It says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, and it goes through a whole list of everything. And he says, I warn you, as I did before, that those that, that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Where does the fruit of the Spirit come from? Does it not come from a life? Your life? My life? Notice it's not our fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the, it's the Word of God that has been planted deep within a fertile soil that is produced in our lives. And the fruit of the Spirit, what the, what the Word produces is love. Not, not the love that you'll buy at Publix. but the love that you'll get when you go to that garden and you take that off the vine. See, there is a difference between the love of God and the love of man. And the Spirit, the Word that, that wants to produce in us is such an, an amazing crop that people will look at what they have and compare it to what you have and say, I want whatever you have. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Not temporal joy, but a joy that only can be produced by the Spirit in our lives. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these things that are produced by the Spirit can be produced in our lives when we hear and accept and allow the Spirit to do the work. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. See, I am a man of my word. I'm letting you out early. If you drive by our house in the back, you'll see along the side 
pineapples. Yeah, I like pineapples. You guys like pineapples? Yeah, they're great. Amen. I like that. Would you, would you stand with me? And and one of those pineapple plants is actually producing a a pineapple. It's about this big. It's like yes, we're gonna have pineapple off the vine. I haven't seen that since the last time I was in Hawaii and you're looking out. But I think they're all burnt up now. But that little pineapple that you would walk by and say that's kind of a puny pineapple has taken not one, not two, but three years for my wife to produce. That's her baby. God help the person that does anything to that pineapple. It's amazing. Then you say, well, why, why are you saying that? It's because crops don't ripen and produce overnight. And it's the same thing with spiritual things in our lives. The work of the Spirit, the, the Word of God, takes time. But let it have, let it have its time. Let the Word of God produce what it wants to produce in you. Oh, the only thing we have to do is make sure that our heart is plowed and, and that there's no rocks and that there's no thistles and thorns and, and weeds to choke out the word. And when our heart is, is pure before the Lord and, and he, that word of God is planted, that we hear it, that we act on it, and we allow the Spirit of God to produce in us. You see, it's not about us producing anything. It's about us preparing the soil to produce what God wants to produce. It's God's job to do the, the growing. It's our job to prepare the soil. I'm looking at a whole group of people that, that have been looking at and, and, look and, and dealing with issues of the heart. If you have something in your heart, whether it's a stony ground or, or stones that are keeping the Word of God from rooting or, or maybe something that's choking out the truth of God, till it up. Get rid of it. And allow the Word of God to produce in you. Give it its time. You say, well, well I, want to, I, I want peace right now. Well, God doesn't say, poof, here's peace in your life. God gives you circumstances that you get to develop that peace in your life. I always thought that the, the fruit of the Spirit would just manifest and all of a sudden I'd be like, woo -hoo! But in reality, what happens is God gives us circumstances that we can choose to do and be, that you can choose peace, that you can choose love, that you can choose joy, that you can choose self-control. And when you do that, 
then the Spirit is produced in us. Lord, uh, so good to us. Allow the Spirit of the Lord to have its full work in you. Can you? Would you do that? Would you pray with me?